April's always a very exciting month in the garden because it's really the end of the non-growing period and we're really hitting the ground running into the, the growing season. So it's time to be planting, planting, planting. I'm going to talk today about all the things that I've been doing this April. Hello and welcome to the Self-Sufficient Podcast. I'm Carl from selfsufficienthub.com and I'm here to talk about all things self-sufficiency. Being sustainable and food security matters. Welcome to episode 24 of the Self-Sufficient Podcast. We're approaching the end of April and I thought I would run through what I've been doing in our garden this month to give you an idea of the sort of jobs that I'm looking to do every April and uh, give you an idea of where we are here. So as most of you will be aware, we have several different types of livestock that we derive all of our dairy and meat from. We also have quite a large vegetable garden and we have various edible perennials and some fruit trees and some other areas. So this is just a run through really as I as I think about it off the top of my head of all the things that I've been doing this month. So of course I've been planting a lot of our annuals. Um, almost all of our annual seeds are either in the ground or in the polytunnel now. I've got a few still to go in, our sweet corn which I will direct so I really should have got in by now or could have got in by now but uh, haven't had chance but all of our other annual seeds are in. We've got a polytunnel full of seedlings and some seeds that we're waiting for germination to take place. Um, we've also direct sown a lot of our beans and our peas and we've also actually started transplanting out some of our seedlings as well so our tomatoes are all still under cover but some of our hardier plants have already made their way out specifically leeks and beans and some lettuce as well things like that they're already in the garden we're still susceptible to the occasional frost still here at the end of april and even into the start of may although it doesn't seem to be any on the forecast for the coming few days, which is really as far ahead as I ever look. So we're acting as if the frosts are all behind us. And then of course I'll take appropriate measures if it looks like we're going to get a frost to protect whatever seedlings need protecting. I've mulched all of our perennial beds. So our grapevines, our asparagus, our strawberries, they've all been mulched ready and I would like really to get into the habit of doing all of our mulching in the late end of the season, maybe in September, October, rather than at the start of the season. But this year I've ended up with a lot of them needed doing still after the winter. So I've got around to doing all that needed mulching now. I've also built tree guards and mulched all of our fruit trees. I've, I've built tree guards around all of our younger trees. They were suffering a bit from some pest damage from rabbits and smaller mammals. So I've 
built some tree guards around all of them, which should help considerably. And I've netted um, almost all of our perennial currants and berries. So all of our gooseberries and red currants and black currants and things like that, they're all netted to keep the birds off. I've still got to net my strawberries and that's one of the more critical things to do because we've had some lovely early weather this year. So we're going to get some early strawberries and I need to make sure that they're all protected. Otherwise we'll lose them all to pests. So that's something that's still to do. We've got our grass seed put about. We've got where our animal paddocks are. As we went through the winter, we've had a really, really wet winter. Just incredibly wet. It, it, it seemed like it started raining in September and then it just didn't stop until March and I think honestly we had a period of three or four months where we only had maybe four or five days without any rain so a lot of our animal paddocks and our chicken runs really took a hammering and a lot of them were, were turned to mud now we would we just about coped being able to move our animals onto grass uh, clean paddocks that they hadn't yet used um, and it just about got us right through the weather just turned in time but while we were really starting to worry that we were going to run out of nice spaces for them to live in really we, we actually had to rig up a, an extra chicken run with some electric fence and a fencer just somewhere we wouldn't normally have animals just to get them off of a, a, the last area that they turned muddy but um, I've been able to throw some grass seed round most of the areas that didn't look like they were going to come back on their own so that's another job I've I've got done. All of our fences are in reasonable repair so I've not had to do anything to them in the spring. We managed to get all them up together in the winter so that was one thing we didn't need to do. Our goats have kidded. They kidded about two and a half weeks ago. No, three and a half weeks ago, something of that nature. So we're just starting to milk now. Started milking the goats about a week ago and we are milking. That probably takes me, takes about an hour a day of my time, something like that. And of course, feeding the animals and, and what have you is a regular occurrence, along with collecting the eggs from the chickens and the geese. We've brought in this year's pigs. So we've got three female wieners in the forest. Now, the thinking is two of them will be fattened up and they'll live there this year and then um, later on in the year they'll they'll go off to slaughter. I have just acquired my gun licences, so I'm looking into the legalities of what sort of gun I would need to actually slaughter the animals myself humanely because I think if I can reduce the amount of times that they need to be transported I think that's in the animal's best interest I don't think they enjoy the you know being hauled off in the, in the trailer so if I can reduce that to zero that would be another big benefit now we're, we're thinking of keeping one of the sows as a breeding sow and getting a male pig in to basically act as stud but we're it's a it's just a thought process at the moment we haven't really decided what we're going to do there so that's all of our big animals and i suppose next talk about the poultry
It's really easy for you to get in touch with us and leave us your questions, feedback or ideas for the show. If there's anything you'd like to hear about or a question you've got about something I've said, just leave us a message. The easiest way to do that is to contact us via the show notes. In the show notes, there's a link where you can send us a voice message and we can play it on the show. Please don't forget to leave your name and where you're calling from. Thanks. Now back to the show. So with regards to poultry, our chickens are laying profusely at the moment. And we've also been hatching quite a few of my wife's chickens, which are the more decorative species. So we've got lots of Pekin bantams and some Brahmas and things like that. And we've been hatching quite a few of those eggs. Not particularly successfully, I have to say. We don't tend to do it on a planned basis. We kind of just see what's going on. And as the chickens go broody, we we sort of just see what's available to, you know, what's the best way of managing that situation. And we've, uh, so like I said, we've not been particularly successful this year. We've had one broody that hatched four and we've had another broody that only managed to hatch one. And then the last broody was a Brahma, which is a much bigger hen. And she was sat on about 18 eggs, but she decided to abandon them about three or four days ago. So we've brought those eggs in and we've got them in an incubator now. So we'll have to just wait and see what happens there it really depends how long mum was off the eggs by the time my wife caught it and uh, and got the eggs under some artificial heat we've got two goslings from goose eggs that we put in an incubator we put six eggs in an incubator and got two goslings so we've got three goslings but two have survived to be about a week old now so they're going to be uh, brought up and they're going to be for the table so I'm quite excited about that and I think that's about everything with regards to the poultry. Now as the the weather's turned there's more general maintenance so there's been quite a lot of weeding. We've been uh, weeding the vegetable bed. I I don't tend to weed the vegetable bed as often as a lot of people. I tend to to blitz it so I, I probably weed my strawberry bed once or twice a year and that even that only takes me maybe half an hour or so so um, I've weeded the strawberry bed we did the asparagus bed and the other perennial beds and I've also weeded obviously right through the vegetable patch now that I will weed more frequently during the growing season but I probably only weed that maybe six times throughout the growing season and then once or twice twice outside of the growing season and I just I just find that that's the best cost benefit trade-off for me rather than doing it every week um what else have we been doing we've i've managed to get another couple of hedges trimmed back that were overgrown they should have been done last year really but i didn't get time we did that right at the start of april and the hedge trimming went straight to goat food so that was useful we've also planted some globe artichokes because we didn't have any here yet. So I'm really glad to get those in the ground. They were, I, I, so we had a globe artichoke when we moved in and I took some seeds from it and I managed to germinate with quite good success rate, maybe 20 seeds or so. But for whatever reason, I couldn't get them to grow on into big plants. They, for whatever reason, I just couldn't manage it. I don't particularly have a, a green thumb. I'm, I'm learning very much as I go. I've got I have the same amount of success and failure as any other amateur gardener. Gardener, so 
um, for whatever reason my globe artichokes didn't pan out and then the two plants that we had here they just didn't come back last year I don't know what happened to them they died off over winter and, and usually with the globe artichokes they will die back and then they, then they come again but for whatever reason um, it didn't happen so I've, I've actually bought two globe artichoke plants and I bought them from just a stall outside someone else's house that I saw as I was driving past and I picked them up and and I've put them in so I'm really happy to have them back we've had a really good run at our little shop on the side of the road our little stall where we sell our eggs we've sold quite a large number of seedlings and plants particularly strawberry plants so every year we probably have to thin out our strawberry patch and remove maybe 50 to 100 plants so what we do is we pot them up and we put them outside and we sell them and we've we've sold pretty much all of them so far this year and I'm, I'm fairly certain we will have sold all of them by the end of the season so that's that's really good that's a nice little subsidiary income from something that was basically a byproduct of having strawberries if you have strawberries yourself you you'll know that they just reproduce like crazy if left to their own devices so that's a really good way of using them we've also sold quite a lot of seedlings and some other plants that have reproduced in the garden that we just didn't need so that's all gone really well i've oh i've also should have included this in the large animals but i thought also for the very first time sheared our sheep so that actually went really well we used a pair of hand shears like a pair of scissors and it took me about 40 minutes which considering it's the first time i've ever done it i'm actually really happy with quite happy with that and my wife is in the process of carding the wool and she will turn it into all sorts of amazing things, I'm sure. And oh my God, mowing the lawn. The lawn has suddenly sprung into life about three weeks ago and I'm having to spend probably a minimum of three hours a week mowing the lawn. That's a minimum. Um, so where we live, we actually rent. We don't own the property yet. Um, and the downside of that is we have one, two, three, four, five formal gardens. We have five formal lawns and we're not able really to change them until we, we purchase the property. So there are quite a lot of formal areas that we need to keep on top of and you know, we're in charge of the upkeep of. And of course we want it to look nice as well. So. I don't begrudge doing it at all, but it is quite a lot of work. So we've got all that lawn mowing to do. And even on a, a big ride-on mower with a 52-inch deck, it still takes three hours at least to, to do it all. So that's a job now that will run right through till the winter. And that I'll need doing every week. So that's what I've been doing in April. And I think I'll do one of these every month towards the end of the month just to say... The sort of jobs that looking back on the month I think that I've got done and oh another one to to think about I've also built two beehives and a new apiary a stand for them up in the woods so I've built them and put them all in place so that's definitely a, it's nice to get some jobs done where you think that's a not a maintenance job not an ongoing job but something where you look back on and say that's a step forward so I'm really glad to have got that done for sure so that's all from me today, and I'll look forward to talking to you tomorrow. Cheers.
If you find these podcasts valuable, there are several ways you can support them. The easiest ways are to rate it and leave a review wherever you get your podcasts. You could also share it online, talk about it anywhere you blog, or find someone you think might be interested and point them our way. You can also find and support us on YouTube, where we are also Self Sufficient Hub. Thanks for listening.